This is the 19th season of Bass Talk Live. BTL is presented by Bass Cat Boats, Striking Lures, Aftco, Pro Guide Batteries, X Zone Lures, Shoreline Boat and RV Repair, Spro, Gamakatsu, Big Bite Baits, The Bass Tank, Denali Rods, Beatdown Outdoors, and Sunline. BTL, coming at you. Good morning, and welcome to another exciting edition of BTL Bass Talk Live, where we are going to talk about bass fishing. I'm kind of pumped up this morning. Because not only do we have it, there's very few guys that I would, not very few, I got a lot of friends in the industry, but this dude has been a friend of mine for a long time, through the ins and outs, through all sorts of different stuff. He's one of the few guys during the changes that would call up to just say, Matty Ice, how it going? Just to see what was up, just to chat. That is none other than the Cajun baby, Cliff Crochet, who's going to be on the show today. Uh, but then following Cliff Crochet, uh, my buddy Austin Cranford, who also fishes the uh, Bassmaster Opens, had a top five finish on Wheeler uh, in the Opens last year in the Open EQs, is going to stop by the house. We're going to hook up the Bass Cat. We're going to make a little journey for the first monster crappie hunting session of 2023. That's we got frost on the ground for the last four or five nights. We got low winds, high skies, perfect conditions to catch crappie or as today's guest would call them Sokolay, right, Cliff? Sokolay. You do a lot of Sokolay fishing down there in Pierre Part? I don't. I do it about twice a year. They by my house when the water gets perfect by this little bridge. And I know they're biting because everybody else shows up to catch them. Yeah. And when, when they start showing up to catch them, we fish around. Jump in a boat every now and then, too. If one of my partners are there, we just jump in a boat with them. What are perfect soccer conditions in South Louisiana? Is it spring? I mean, do you, do you daub around the cypress knees? No, they catch them mostly like... Uh, Probably December in the cold months. December okay. through probably February. So like right now. Right now. Right now is game on. Or it's about to be coming up. But are you are you dipping for him or casting for him? Like how do you cause I'm doing the the scope and hunting for him thing. It's like not they, even fishing in reality. It's more hunting is the way they, I would look at it. They scoping for him now on the end of big trees and stuff. Mm-hmm. Middle of the bayou. Uh just just Long jig ride stuff. Yeah, just just diving around, checking them out. Pan that camera over to see what we're dealing with. You showed it before the show. We had look at we got all oh yep. Last time we had kids running around. We still have kids running around. Those are the twins. What's up? Weren't you just dressed like Santa? Uh no. I thought you had a Santa hat on before. Or was that your brother? Oh, we got the Grinch. Chippy What's up? Yep, Grinch with the with the pants. We're two for three on kids with pants. That's a good start. Yeah. Well, it's uh just the lazy morning. Yeah. Ben's at school. Okay, Ben's at school. Ben's at school. Lee's supposed to be at school. Lee. I keep forgetting. I always think of Ben as Lee's size, but Lee is Ben's size now, and Ben is like a grown adult who's banging heads on the football field. Ben's kind. Of, Ben's kind of a, a little dude. Sometimes, I mean, sometimes he 
he's on a football field catching passes across the middle. And sometimes he's crying because his brother got more Gatorade than him. Just How old is Ben now? Ben and Lee's like what, six? Uh, Ben's eight, Lee's six, twins are three. You're like almost, I mean, you, you've done it, man. You got all four of them past the terrible twos, which I hear can be a little stressful. I'm not, I'm not real worried about the terrible twos because you just kind of keep going. And if you could just get, if you could just get to dark, if you can just get to nighttime, they'll go to sleep. I got you. Terrible twos wasn't really what scared me. What scares me <coughs> is uh, when they get a little older and we got four kids playing ball everywhere. We got about four trucks. I got to start splitting up my fishing tackle for four dunes. It's, oh, yeah, that's going to be an issue. Like, like, even right here by the shed, like right now, we go fishing by the bayou. Yeah. I got to tell them, like, you can't use that rod and reel. That's a, that's work. That's work rod and reel. This one's yours. You can use this one, but you can't touch that one. And they're like, why? I'm like, dude, you like you want shoes next year or not? Like, if you yeah. want new shoes to go to school, don't touch this rod because I'm, you know, I need that to make some money. I do remember uh, we were at an event sometime, probably about 10 years ago. So uh, Dino Rojas's kid, Austin, uh, is in college now, fishing collegiately. He's fishing some of the one bass stuff on the AAA side, catching them. But I remember back when he was 10, 11 years old, Dean gets to a tournament. It's a, it's a frog derby. And uh, he goes to pull his his go-to tournament-ready frog boxes out of the truck, and they are gone. And Austin had had got in there, and he had them in his room, and they weren't in the truck, which was a problem because the tournament started the next day. So there, I do remember Dean saying there was a very definite line set after that as to what was pilferable tackle and what was to not ever be touched under any circumstance. Work stuff and not work stuff. But I would tell you this. I do not feel bad for Dean not having his frog box at a tournament. Because maybe once or twice I'm like, Dean, can I get in that box? And he's like, no. He's protective of his frog box, isn't he? I'm like, Dean, like, can I borrow a couple? He's like, I got some used ones. I'm like, bro, what's up with that? Like, sink. That's not true. He always took care of me. But he, he – but he would not give you he he never gave me like free reign. Yeah. I you know, you need two. All right, here you go. But he's never given me like and he's got a billion of them. Yeah. He yes. built a house on frogs. Yeah. The only thing that I've gotten off now uh, I will say this. He's a the most prized possession that I've ever gotten off Dean, I had to do something for, right? Like it was a trade. Like there's something. Oh, bro, 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 you got to look out for one, bro. You got to look out yeah. for one. So, so we were at a. What have at you a, done for me lately? Have you ever yeah. heard that? What have you done but, for me lately? Yeah, the Wiffum. That's what Jeffries used to always say. The what's in it for me. Yeah. The Wiffum. What's the Wiffum here, Panger? Uh, he, it was an evening after the tournament. The tournament was over. He had a couple buddies over that were from the area. And and they were enjoying uh, some Jack and Cokes. Well, they ran out of Cokes and it was late at night and we started looking around and it was like 18 miles away was the nearest. Well, I be the guy. He's like, Panger, go get me some Cokes. And I said, well, I'm not a I'm, I'm like here to work, too. Like, I'm not your service guy. And 
I said, I took the whiff of it. I said, uh, I said, you know, that wart box that you got, I said, you let me pick one original wig award out of that box and I'll go get a 12 pack of Cokes. And he said, deal. And that is how I got my one and only phantom green original storm wig award. I went and got a 12 pack of Coke for Dean Rojas at 11 o'clock at night. On, Cause you had leverage on a leverage deal. No, I wasn't drinking at all. Like I just was going to get, you know, Coke for him. I was working for Jeffries, you know, late into the night. So I ended up and I opened it up and he about had a cow when I said, I want that one. And I said, well, well there are no stipulations here. Do you want the 12 pack or not? You want the Coca-Cola's to go with the Jay? He said, okay, you can have it. About that. That's what I'm talking about. Taking advantage of the situation. Yeah. Do you remember the first frogfish you ever caught? Or was that like just like kind of growing up in diapers, you threw a frog around the swamp? No, I, I remember I remember the first like frogfish I caught. Like not not like open water frogfish. I remember it. It was April of 06. Right. So you got to remember, like, we didn't have all the cups and stuff. I feel like I'm old, but like you mm -hmm. couldn't just Google or whatever, you know, find like, YouTube wasn't there. You couldn't just find everything. But Dean had been doing the frog deal. Right. And uh, man, I was all pumped up into it, whatever. And uh, that was before you could really get his frogs easily. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So I started with a scum frog trophy series which was in 06 and uh scouting for bfl fishing cypress trees and little by sorrow had current couldn't get a flipping bike on thought they should be on a spin a big day it wasn't but i threw that scum frog over some uh some eelgrass little patch of eelgrass that had a little current on it it come up and smoked it and i was like one that looked like that it was a black one. They don't even make a. Oh, there it is, right there. Nah. Is that kind of what it looked like? Yes. So I'm throwing really? that dude, and uh, I'm like, "Oh my god, this is awesome!" Fit around <laughs> here, not like it. This was all six. Nobody's really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, so I went to another bayou, uh, and I caught a couple. So the, the tournament, I'm fishing the BFL, and. Uh, I'm fishing and there's an old old local dude fishing right there by me. His name is Charlie Brown. Really? Like the Charlie Brown? Well, not really. It's more like Charles <laughs> Waggers back, but I, I hear you. He goes by Brown. So you know what I mean, so Brown Brown's always fishing my favorite bite. But anyway, another story. So I'm throwing this frog on cypress trees, open water, no grass around. And uh so Brown's like, what's up? I'm like, man, I got, you know, I got like 12, 13 pounds, which is good for that day. And I'm throwing that frog. And he's like, boy, you silly throwing that frog. You ain't, you wouldn't believe me. I'm like, all right, that's cool. And I ended up catching on a frog that tournament, BFL, Louisiana Division, uh, April 2006. And that's where the addiction started. Uh, I'm, I just pulled it up right now. Dufour won that on Bayou Black. Chuck Dufour won it, Bayou Black. Uh, Bojack was second, I think, and I was third. And we all, it was all within like four ounces. Yeah, here, I'll pull it up. You, you weren't, you weren't kidding. It was, uh, oh no, I can't. I'm, I just was going to start naming, uh, 
uh, start naming Louisiana division anglers. That's a bad idea for a guy from Oklahoma. Do it. it. You got it. Chuck Chuck Dufour, 13-14. John Burns was second with 13-9. There's Cliff Crochet. Third place, 13-4. Bill Burns, is he related to John Burns? They brothers from Gautier, Mississippi. Are they studs? They were. Yeah, they uh, – uh, Bill won a, um, a super tournament back in the day in 05, but there were two dudes in their daddy that came from Mississippi, and they fished Louisiana Division, and they were cool because they, they worked as a team, and they were pretty good, pretty good hands. So, yeah, they did yeah. a good job down here. Did you have a chance to win that one? Like, did you farm any of them, or were you 100%? What's that? On, in that derby. Because you were only uh, ten ounces out of the off the win. So, so the the deal with uh in that tournament is, I was fishing, I was fishing cypress trees and had a little current on it. And my co angler, in the back, there was a, a like this perfect little cast, and he's like, "Hey, bro, you get it, you get it," and I'm like, "Nah, you got it. It's all, it's yours." And he makes a cast and catches like a three pounder. And he had a good tournament. Can you go to the core angles on that list? Yeah. Uh, Mike. What's Mike's name? Mike Turret. Mike Truett. Yep. Truett. Do you finish second with eleven oh seven? Yep. Wow. So you had a second and a third in that BFL. Was and was he throwing a frog too? He was throwing a buzz bait. But he gave me uh he he gave me a cast. I'm and he's like make that cast right there. I'm like nah, you got it. And he catches a good fish. And that would have given you the win. I think so. It would have made it, it made things interesting. Yeah. But that was, that right there was the first tournament that I caught him on a frog and, uh, and had it kind of like dialed in on purpose. Didn't really have it dialed in. It was just, that was my first experience. Do you remember what you were throwing it on? I mean, did you have the right stuff or were you looking back? Were you like, I can't believe I was throwing that scum frog on that? No, I was throwing it on. Uh, I, I mean, exactly what I was throwing it on. I was throwing it on a um, green Corrado. Ooh, the old green Corrado. Green Corrado. Five three to one. No, the uh, six. It was six three to one. Okay. Uh, I was throwing it a uh, fifty pound power pro, and they made a rod. Falcon made one. I think it was a seven two. It was a seven-two Kara. It was a heavy rod. Mm-hmm. That's the rod I used to throw them on. Because they didn't really have frog rods back then. It was, guys threw them mainly on flipping sticks, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. We didn't know about. We hadn't learned about the tip yet and all that stuff. And then, oh, it wasn't that far after. And then you started fishing the opens that year. Yeah. So what happened was, uh, 06 was a pretty good year for me. Yep. Locally. And uh, started chasing that that light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, 06 was good BFLs and Federation for me. I did. I competed locally. So I thought, let's, let's take one more jump and see how I go. I didn't realize the year you qualified was like a tailor-made Cajun baby central division. Manny, Louisiana, Sam Rayburn, and Morgan City, Louisiana. You went 22nd, 7th, and 3rd. That had to, that, I mean, there hasn't been a division that's in your, been in your wheelhouse since then, has there? Uh, well, we had a, we've had a Red River and a Basin back on the same schedule. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that schedule looks great on paper, 
but I don't spend much time at Toledo Bend. Only when I fish tournaments there, and that's a big old nasty place, bro. It's not like I have a any advantage there. You know, I probably have a. I'm probably at more of a disadvantage over there than anywhere else. Dude, I had cannot figure that place out. It it absolutely kicks my ass every time I am there. Every and time. The cool thing about Rayburn was uh uh back then, you know, Rayburn now kicks out 20 pound bags like nothing. Mm-hmm. At that tournament right there, I averaged like 14 pounds a day and finished eighth. So check this out. Here's a behind the scenes story. 2009 Central Open Toledo Bend. I run into this dude named Jason Christie. When was this? 09. I I Christie hadn't been out. Christie hadn't been out just yet. You know what I mean? Yeah, he was still he over was, on FLW. He was still a myth. Like, yeah, like like, like he we was knew out. about him. We knew about him in Oklahoma. We knew about you know, him. Do you know I do it? I think the dude's name is Eric Spence. I do not. I think he's he's from that Tulsa area. I think it's Eric Spence. So I'm fishing this backwater, Toledo Bend, right? In the tournament. There's this dude, I'm, I'm pretty sure his name is Eric Spence. Fishes grand all the time. This is way back when. <clears throat> right? You don't just end up in this backwater, right? Because you right. had to, like, it's back yonder. So we fishing, we fishing, and uh, we come around the corner. Then this dude ain't told me nothing about this backwater. Nothing. Zero. He, uh, we come around the corner, and there's Jason Christie, dude. And I could tell his eye. I don't even know this dude. I don't. I don't know him. I don't know nothing about nothing. This dude could have. His eyes could have killed somebody. Tell he looks at me all the time. I'm like, damn, bro. Whatever. So we just keep fishing. Whatever. It's all good. We'll come to find out, Christie and Eric Spence had scouted together in that backwater. So when Christy saw us, he was not happy. Human nature thinks that um, the dude brought me in there, and uh, and it really didn't. And I talked to Christy since, like like I talked to him in the next term, or whatever. I'm like, hey, dude, he, that dude didn't bring me in there. Ah, uh, gotcha. But, he thought he was getting undercut by his yeah, partner, he, by he his said, partner. Yeah, by the dude that scouted with him, which the dude 100 did not do that. How'd you find that? Did you just just be in a river rat? You really, you really want to hear the story? Yeah, I, I really want to hear that story. It's 13 years, 14 years ago. Good job. So what? here's what happened. I'll give you the short version of it, right? Mm-hmm. This, was a, this was a turning point in my life. Uh, go to the 2009 Classic, right? Which was in Shreveport. It's all good. Uh, and I remember... I remember uh, and I sat family and friends. Mm-hmm. Rojas had got us some passes through some mutual friends, whatever. So I, I remember sitting in that in that arena, and uh, I was like first row, but there was a wall from where you sit to where the the boats pass by yeah. for yeah. and stuff. And uh, I was like, man, I just wanted to cross that wall so bad. It's funny how a wall that thin stops you from everything. So anyway, so I leave the 09 Classic. Watching the, the, the big show, want to be there. I'm going to Toledo Bend like the very next week, scout for this tournament, for this open. I'm catching a couple, and then uh, I go on like a two-day drought. I don't get a bite. I'm doing stupid stuff, trying all kind of crazy stuff, not getting bit. And uh, 
as I'm not getting bit at one point in practice, I look around. They're like, this is a true story. I promise. I promise. I look around and there's like 25 bolts in this pocket with me. 25. I was completely surrounded <laughs> by bolts. And I look around. Does that need some more batteries? Yeah. All right. I'm going to get batteries on there. All right. We'll so, take a break here. As soon as you're done, you can battery up then. So, um, you're, you're in a, you're in a code. Yeah, There's 25 boats 20, around. Practice is sucking. They got 25 boats around me. I promise at least 25 boats. Everybody in the boat has a fish on. So they got like 50 people. I'm surrounded by like 50 people in 25 boats. Everybody has a fish. Dude, I go into a state of piss, pissed offness. I was, dude, I was fuming. I was mad. I was sweating. Oh, because you hadn't I, caught one for two days, dude. If somebody had seen me, it brought me to the hospital. I cycle. I went totally cycle. So, I put my boat back on the trailer. When I, if I tell you the details of this, you'd really think I was crazy. I mean, I was. Let's hear the details. I'd like to hear the details of how you put the boat on the trailer, Cliff. Well, so. After I see everybody catching one, I slam the trolling motor down, slam the trolling motor back in, slam the trolling motor back up, crank the motor, turn it off, crank the motor, turn it off. You ever seen Ferris Bueller's Day Off? Uh, a long time ago, yes. When he hits this, when he hits the seat, he says, "I'll go, I'll go, I'll go." You know what I mean? That scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Punching my steering wheel, I bit the steering wheel, I bit myself. You went Ike, dude. I'm going crazy. I'm looking up to the sky, asking Jesus, "Why is he doing this to me?" Like I'm. You're gone. Got to, dude, I'm chasing a dream. I'm making no money. This thing is so far away from me. So I go, I, I panic. I get mad. I'm like, dude, let me put the boat back in the trailer. Calm down. Put the boat back in the trailer. Went to this other boat ramp. Go to this boat ramp. And uh, I'm fishing around where I see a, po- a boat appear out of nowhere. Like, damn. I see another one come out the back of this thing. I don't know where they're coming from. They're coming from, from nothing. They're just showing up. Materializing. Yeah, I don't know where. Just appearing. So I'm like, you know what? I'm not catching nothing. I'm going I'm going to see where those boats at. So I'll go back there, and you get in this little buy-in. I get in this little buy-in. There's a pocket right here and a pocket right here and a pocket right here. I start throwing a chat of bait, and it's like two-pounder, two-pounder, four-pounder, 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 three-pounder. I'm like, here we go. Life is on. And uh, that's how I found that spot. Because I was, I was, dude, I'm telling you, I was more, I was so pissed off. It almost had a heart attack at 25 years old. Were you living in that little, little 200 square foot side apartment next to your parents' house out by the pool back then? Is that? Yeah. Pro- yeah, probably. So think about this. I, was, I had just come from the classic. Where you were watching, not fishing. Well, I was watching, not fishing. I was a cop. I, I'm chasing this fishing dream a little bit. Fishing three opens, trying to fish every tournament I can around the house. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I got $2,500 on my credit cards. I can never pay down, which at the time I thought was a lot of money. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, my God, I'm in debt. <laughs> uh, like, I'm trying to qualify for the elites, which I probably won't. You know, I, like you just when you're young, you start panicking. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I'm not getting bit. Everybody, everybody yeah. around catching fish. 
Dude, it was like, it was, it was crazy. It was the pressure. Awesome. And then, and then the very next year you're in the classic and you're not only in the classic, you're in, in the classic where you finish top 15 in Birmingham. So literally you go from one year wanting to be in it so bad to the next year, you qualify through the points and you're on the elite series and you're in the classic. And that's over the span of, uh, four months. Yeah, it was, um, it was quick. Yeah, it was quick. Hey, I want to, I don't think we've ever touched on this. You mentioned you're a cop. I know you've done that off and on, but I don't think I've ever asked you how the hell you became a cop and a sheriff when you were like 18. You want to take a break, put some batteries. Are you, you cool to talk about that? Cause I think that's, that's got, that's got to set some sort of national record. Cause you, I would mean, imagine you have to be at least 18. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta be eight. I don't know what happened. I went and I applied and they were like, yeah, we'll hire you. All right. I want to how you became the sheriff though of Pierre of Pierre part. Well, never became the sheriff, but if I'd have stayed in, I, oh, okay. we might, we might, uh, might've made a run at it. How long has it been since you've done any copping? Um, Is that what it's called? Police work? What do they call it? Uh, what do you call it? Deputy sheriff. I don't know. It depends on who you ask. You're, okay. I got out in 2013. Wow. Because you were still doing a little bit when I was down there when they had the Welcome to Pierre part home of Cliff Crochet when you roll yeah. in. Yeah, I'm curious. Was I was there, man. Um, Remember they had all the signs up then? And you were like, oh, we, we strolled down Main Street. And then you had to go in to get to get a can. And you were like, hey, go in and get go in and get me a, a can. And I was like, dude, I mean, I had I had post-traumatic stress disorder from rooming with Rojas and doing that. So I was like, dude, I ain't going in to get your get going to get your own can of chew. And you were like, well. I would do that, but we'd be in there for 35 minutes. And is, yeah, I get a bad habit of of, uh, of talking bad. And then, and then at that time, it was cool. It was fresh. It was new. So I, I did, we were talking to everybody about everything, fishing. And, and uh, now it's, it's the same thing. I just learned to control my mouth a little bit more. I don't talk quite as much. But, yeah, everything is uh, – pretty awesome every everything is 35 minutes no matter what so yeah well we're 27 minutes and we're gonna take our first break of the show on a tuesday november 28th cliff i think you have to go put some batteries in some sort of remote controlled yeah, vehicle something. all right we're gonna take our quick break when we come back more with cliff let's jump into the present day we good with all that right. good with all that. right btl with the uh with the cajun baby cliff crochet we'll be back right after this the new Puma STS has been redesigned from the ground up. With the angler, design, function, and performance in mind, nothing on this new offering was compromised, and the only thing carried over from the previous version is the name. Based on the soft touch series hull that started with the flagship Jaguar, this new model is nimble and performs incredibly well at all speeds with either a 250 or 300 horsepower engine. Featuring a new 96 inch wide body footprint, this hull measures out at 20 foot 7 inches in length. Industry-leading design coupled with tournament-winning performance. The Puma STS from Basscat. Feel the rush.
Alright guys, if you're a construction worker, soccer dad, soccer mom, you want to be outdoors, you've seen the Reaper. This right here is the Zip Up Full Reaper, but it's windproof, folks, windproof. And it actually has the mask built in. It's behind me. I mean, if you can look good, feel good, and stay warm, you better check it out. It's the Zip Up Reaper. That's right, windproof. Elite Series Pro Daryl Gleason here. My Pro Guide batteries keep me going on those long tournament days and long practice days. Always plenty of juice, never fail. The best part about Pro Guide batteries, it's the people behind the company. They have over 40 years experience in the battery business, keeping all of us fishermen out on the water longer, catching more fish. Check them out at ProGuideBatteries.com. What's up, Bass Talk Live fans? Brandon Polinick here. And ever since I won a couple Bassmaster Elite Series events on X-Zone Lures, I've been getting a bunch of questions of what makes them so special and different. And really, the truth is, it's in the details. The little details, things like no cheap fillers in their plastic, that gives you more lifelike action, more realistic and vibrant colors. But don't just take my word for it. Go to www.exonelures.com and check them out for yourself. Have you considered purchasing new electronics for your rig? The type of mounts you choose to protect your investment should be part of the decision-making process. No matter if you prefer one, two, or three graphs up front, Beatdown Outdoors has a solution for you. Adjustable versatile, rigid, and made in the USA. What's your ultimate electronic setup? Check out the full selection of Beatdown Outdoors products by visiting beatdownoutdoors.com. All right, welcome back, uh, BTL on a Tuesday, talking with Cliff Crochet. And while we were talking about uh, old school, uh, last week uh, we had uh, Mark Jeffries and Mike McClellan on when we talked about kind of the passing of Big Dave Smith the man who makes all of the uh, trophies. He's in a lot of sports hall of fames in Oklahoma, did a lot for uh, the fishing industry and left quite the legacy behind. And uh, I didn't know if it had been uh, made public or not, but I see some guys posting online to old school angler, uh, well-liked by all of his peers, former elite series pro Mark Tucker uh, also passed away over the weekend. Yeah, it it was a bad deal. Uh, I, I don't really feel comfortable to talk about any of the details. It was, it was unexpected, but uh, fished the Elite Series from 06 to 010. A uh, really well-liked guy. I'll always remember his 2011 Central Open win on Louisville where he was throwing a uh, a rogue jerkbait and then weighting it. So I can't remember whether it was either slowly rising or slowly sinking, but uh, absolutely blew that one out of the water. Dude was, uh, was built, too, as far as just a muscly guy, but really quiet, soft-spoken. Uh, kind of stopped fishing the Elite Series in 2010 just when I was getting on the road covering it, but uh, well-respected, liked by his peers, and uh, thoughts and prayers with uh, Mark Tucker's family. Uh, do you you were on the same. Do you have any Mark Tucker stories there, Cliff? Yeah, I do. Um, so, <clears throat> Jaffa Basin, two thousand thirteen or so. Mm-hmm. That's when uh, the open came here for the first time. I think Cliff won that one. Yep. Case. Probably and, two, yeah. Uh, so, I'm, yeah. So I, I'm hanging out doing a deal. And they needed an observer. Uh, so I, I'm an observer. I jump in with Mark Tucker, who was Mark Tucker at the time. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Intimidating, man. He's intimid- He's an intimidating dude. Like in a, in a nice way, just just yeah, very talk. quiet. 
Mark talked slow. You know, Mark handlebar mustache. Mark was in shape. Mark was, yeah. Mark worked out. And uh so I jumped in a boat with Mark Tucker as an observer. We fishing around a little bit. And then uh, a few years later, no, that must have been uh not 13. That was uh like oh it would have been earlier than oh five or four or three. That was open. Uh anyway, I was an observer with Mark Tucker. And then uh 2004 Central Open out of Morgan City. Yeah. And then we hang out a little bit and I, you know, I see him around and then I, the, the, my first classic oh, at Lake Lake was his last classic. Okay. And uh, we ate supper a couple of times in pre-practice. Yeah. Mark, Mark was, uh, Mark was, uh, like, he's a good dude. Bro. Yeah. He was a good dude. This kind of freaked me out. You know what I mean? All right. I didn't mean to spring that on you there, Cliff. I just, yeah, I saw it on the, I saw it on the social medias and it's just, uh, it's just sad. That's why I've always talked about the importance of his, of, of, of keeping the history of this sport alive, uh, because you have all these great stories and these great dudes. And we are so lucky to be in an era where we can talk to some of the OGs, the guys who were there when the elite series started, uh, the guys who were there with certain techniques all. And, uh, yeah. So there's that. Oh, yeah. yeah, that would have been 2003, the Central Open out of Monroe, Louisiana, where he finished second, I believe. You were young then. You were young and impressionable back in 2003, weren't you? Yeah, and I got to and I got to roll with Mark Tucker. Yeah. Did he do a lot of? Uh, I remember I've heard guys say he was always like eating protein shakes and stuff in the boat and had like his health regime that he was doing. I mean, this is where I said we're talking about early 2000s, way before a lot of the guys were taking really good care of their health in the boat. I don't, I don't remember nothing in the boat, but I know a couple years later when I, I qualified for that classic, I ran into Mark during pre-practice and we went to Cracker Barrel, eat supper. And I got like, I don't know, grandpa's whatever plate. And it was all good. But Mark ordered like, like uh, ham and green beans and spinach and like the Popeye dinner. The dude had, but he did it like tactically. He had like so many proteins, so many vegetables and stuff. And, and and I think Mark was a roofer by trade, I think, or something, some kind of construction. I'm not sure. I think he was a, I think he was a roof or some type of carpenter or craftsman, I think. But uh, I'm like, Mark, that's a lot of food. Yeah. And you know, Mark was, you gotta eat good. You gotta eat good. I mean, he was, yeah, he was. Uh, damn, I thought Mark Tucker would lift that one. Yeah, I know. There's some some guys like that. I was kind of like that with Big Dave, man. The guy's yeah. in his seventies. He kept uh, uh, Champ is saying that he did uh, that he did concrete work. That's what it was. Concrete like, work. He was a craftsman. Uh, Cliff, crazy world we're living in today in 2023 when it comes to professional bass fishing, isn't it? It is. Just hold on. Put the seatbelt on. What are your thoughts on it? Where do you sit? I mean, dude, you got you got four kids under six. You're fishing the Bass Pro Tour now. All these new rules and all this new stuff comes out. Uh, you talked about kind of, I guess, living by the seat of your pants back in that 08, 09, 010 era. I mean, you're, you're 13, 14 years into this thing now. 
Here, so here, here's the real story about professional bass fishing right now. <clears throat> With either league, whatever, no matter what league you're at, what league you watch, here's, here's the truth. Professional bass fishing is owned by private companies, bass and major league fishing. They're doing what they have to do to make money. Mm-hmm. And we we ping to get on their platforms to prom- to promote ourselves, build our brand, and like like that's it. Like the sad but true, like like the leagues don't owe us nothing. Like for forever, we've always thought like the leagues are trying to whatever take care of us, promote the sport, and grow the sport, and and they do to a certain point, but. You finally realize they are private businesses doing what they have to do mm-hmm. to take care of their checkbooks and their businesses. I like I don't fault them for it, mm-hmm. but uh, it it takes a minute. It takes a minute to understand that. And on the flip side, you know I'm I'm just using them. And you're a private business in yourself, though, too. All the anglers are private businesses also using the organization, just like the organizations are using the anglers in a way. It's the with them. It's the it's the what's in it for me deal. Yeah. Well, I'm a paying customer. Like I choose to pay that. And and I'm using that platform to build my brand. Uh, And the thing with tournament fishing Mm -hmm. is you're kind of using that platform to build some credibility. Mm -hmm. You can go out and and promote and sell products and stuff. But it the, the biggest thing is it takes a minute to understand that. Like they're really not doing nothing on purpose to help us. Mm-hmm. They're doing things on purpose to help their business and grow their business. Now some of the some of the, the spinoff of that helps the anglers. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But yeah, you just know that it's there. Their main focus is their business, not not the anglers. Like and I'm not being that's just being fact. that's just fact. You know what I'm saying? They whether it's whether it's as long as they got anglers fishing, dude, it's all good. They're not trying to uh they're not trying to hurt us, but you just mm-hmm. have to understand that it's their business that they worried about. A couple things I wanted to talk with you that that really impact you. Uh, there were the changes and I'd like to get your thoughts on that first one. And I don't know how much you can go into this or talk about it, but I know ooh, that's well played, but I know that, uh, that for the last couple of years, MLF for the BPT anglers offered basically for lack of a better term, a line of credit where you guys would pay in 10,500, which is basically what you were out of pocket because I think last place got 3750 back in all the BPT events and then everything would kind of run through that. So as an angler, you pay 10,5, you're still fishing for the 100,000, you're still fishing for everything. Uh, you're just basically not out the 40 and then get it back over the next nine months. Is, is that something that was beneficial very beneficial to you. And then I've heard that that's no longer going to be the case also in 2024. Yes. So so the story goes that, so that line of credit, that line of credit was put together by the anglers association. Okay. The MLFAA. Correct. That line of credit was put together by the anglers association. That was an idea brought up by, by anglers Mm -hmm. together by anglers. 
and, and they then, said, yeah, that makes sense. Let's try to make this happen. And they did. Correct. Um, but that was an angler driven angler group thing. That wasn't a, you know, so give credit to the angler association. Um, if I start naming names, I'll forget somebody. I know big yeah, guys. Yeah, that's fine. You're good. Brandon Cole to that whole group. Um, so that was an angler thing. Um, now, Major League Fishing, as a as an organization, agreed to let us to accept that money in that style. So give them credit for that. But make like that was an angler-driven deal. Okay. Because Major League Fishing was still getting their money. They didn't care where it came from, but it made it easier for the anglers. Um, but yeah, that was dude. That was a, that was a big point in my career, big time, because 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 what happens is, so for entry fees, check this out. You ready? Yep. So when entry fees, so and this goes for all organizations, right? So when you start paying entry fees in November. Cause that's when you start paying them November you pay 5,000 or 8,000, however it goes. Right. So that money goes into that business and they do whatever they have to do with it, whether it's capital investments or who, who knows, you know, whatever they, they do sit with there it. and get interest on it, whatever, or whatever they do with it. I don't know, but I know that at one point in my career, that money was on a MasterCard, right? Oof. So that money, so basically what I did was I gave you money to put in your business that I paid for, that I paid the interest on. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? Yeah. So, so that, or if it's, let's say I had the cash to pay it, that's still $5,000 cash that, or $8,000 cash that I don't have in my house, my hand, because mm -hmm. I gave it to you. To Knowing you're going to get it back so eight got, months down the road. At a certain point, you got interest-free money. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So... The, uh, the line of credit was a big deal for me because they were dealing with the bank's money. They weren't dealing with Cliff's money or Cliff's credit card. We had somebody else running the money, which was the smart, which I think was great. So basically what would happen was, let's say you cash a $10,000 check, your thirty-seven fifty would come out of it, and then a $7,300 check would come to Cliff Crochet from the MLFAA. Correct. So okay. Major, League, Major League Fishing... Anglers Association had a line of credit. They would pay the entry fees mm -hmm. for all the anglers. And then Major League Fishing Bass Pro Tour would pay the Anglers Association the entire payback. The Anglers Association would pay the note at the bank. And then they were responsible for paying the anglers checks. After the yeah. tournament, and long story short, you're in ten five as opposed to forty. Correct, which is which was great. Right, which you were still in ten five. It's just you got that ten five back in tiny at tiny little chunks. Well, if you if you if you never if if you didn't if you never cashed a check, you were out ten five. Correct. Okay. So, but that's not the case this year, from that's what I've heard. This year, this year is back to. Uh, so they didn't pay the, so they didn't pay the whole fee on. So okay, I got you. So you can't do it. Correct. That's gotta suck. That sucks. That sucks bad. It, for me personally, <clears throat> I think entry fees are the devil. Entry fees were a horrible deal early in my career. 
now I'm, 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 uh, my business is better. My brand has grown. So I, I can, uh, it's not as much as a back break as it was at one point in my career, but yeah, entry fees are the devil for me. Let me tell you this soon, just to add this on. So okay. I hate entry fees. So for the guy that says, well, if you take entry fees out, the payout goes down. So here's the story. The organizations have X amount of dollars that they put towards the entry fees. I'm sorry, X amount of dollars that they put towards the payouts, right? Yep. It's over yeah. 100%, I believe, on the Elite Series and Major League yeah. Fishing. It's oh. one of the few organizations that are over 100% at the yeah. top level. And at one time, Major League Fishing was over 100% too. I don't know. And I don't know what what percentage, what organizations mm-hmm. at now, but fact they have money that they that the organizations have money that they, that they put into the payout right so in my opinion that should be the payout he said well cliff we want to fish for more money well matt if you want to gamble more money you need to go better on yourself on that side on the side pot you know what i mean and then y'all can fish for, for more money the gambling the gambling side of the sport and betting on yourself is uh I'm not really excited about it. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't really like it. Uh, and I'm sure there's somebody right now saying, well, you need to catch more fish and you like it. Well, I, I still wouldn't like it. I don't like paying entry fees. Though. I don't like it. Now, I mean, you have been able to brand yourself again. What's that a red fin hat that you've got on now? Yeah, I did a couple. Uh, you had the, the cast king hook. I mean, you're branded. There's a lot of, well, there's the K2. You still, you still with the, uh, with the K2 coolers. Yeah, K2 has yep. been a long uh, How long is that? That's got to be over a decade. K2, K2 Rattle Trap's original too, isn't it? K2 Rattle Trap uh Power Pole That's all been since uh Power Pole was the first in 2009. I got That's before everyone off, had them. I got like a 40 off Power Pole deal. That was my, my that was one of my first sponsor deals. Rattle Trap has been around since 2011. We've been together, mm-hmm. and I think K2 is 11 or 12. I mean, full disclosure, you've been through the ringer the last couple months because at first you were like, "Hell, I'm not even going to requalify for the 2023 BPT." Then you're like, "I'm back in." Then you're like, holy crap, they're going to cut to 50 and 25. And like you said it yourself, you haven't caught them as good as you wanted to. So now you're back in, which is good. But you got to catch them in 2024 or else you got to figure out what the hell to do in 2025. Like that's a wide range of emotions to go through in a three-month span, Cliff. And on top of that, you get you get news from your boat company that your contract's not being renewed either. So you throw that all up in the mix and life is good. So you got to so find what are you a, running this year? So you got to find a, a new boat company. Uh you're not sure if you're back on a tour. Then you are back in. Like you said, then you gotta then you gotta catch them really good to get back in. Uh entry fees are back. It's been it's been an interesting couple months. Uh so how do you what you do with all that? Keep on smiling. Just keep on smiling and, and uh, yeah, so it works out. Now, with that being said, uh, I wish I'd have listened earlier in my career about building a brand and social media and content, mm-hmm. that whole deal. I started about 10 years too late. 
but uh, that's the that's the side of the game that you 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 make sure you handle because people that way you you still offer some value to somebody somewhere, no matter where you fish or, or what you're doing. As long as you're polite and happy and having fun and helping people catch more fish, you, you'll be all right. So you'll be all right because you do all those things very well. So where are we at on the boat deal? Because if I'm a boat company, I want the Cajun baby in my boat because if it can go a year with the Cajun baby behind the wheel, that's a dang good boat. Yeah, I I, uh, I ordered one. Um, but I don't know. I, I guess I'm still on a contract with the old one. The new one's getting built. So what we're going to do is we're going to build it up. We're going to build it up to a release on BTL. Once I figure out, nobody's going to sue me or void any deals by speaking of it. Okay. You just let me know, dude. You have a, you've, you've always had an open door policy when it comes to, uh, when it comes to Bass Talk Live. I mean, heck, you were the original, one of the original guys sporting the Bass Zone logo on the lid. In the in, in 2010 on the Elite Series, I saw that hat the other day. I got it somewhere. Oh, Kevin it. has a good idea. He thinks you should. Uh, I think you should start charging for it. Cliff could read poetry on YouTube, and everybody would watch it. <laughs> uh, all right. the the one The one other thing that I wanted to, to talk about was the was the cut to fifty, and for lack of a better term, fishing for your life. I've heard rumors through the, uh, I wouldn't even say rumors. I've heard discussions. I don't like to talk about rumors. I've heard discussions that there's a chance that 50 number could get moved to 65. I've heard that that's, that, that it's, it's hard and fast at 50. I've heard a number of different things from a number of different anglers and a number of different positions within the MLF organization. Uh, but as it stands now, you go into 2024, basically needing to finish in the top 25 in the angler of the year standings to secure your spot in, in 25, which then will be 50 anglers. I, I mean, are you like pumped up? Are you getting pumped up like you were for that 2010 classic and season? Like, all right, here we go. I'm pulling it all together in 24 and, and we're having a year because dude, you've had top 10 angler of the year seasons on the elite series against King Kong against the skeets, the Edwins, the Kevins. I mean, you've been in the top 10 of that stuff. You've competed at that level before. So, you know, it's there. Yeah, it uh well I think it I think it sucks that we're cutting 80. Uh we're cutting from 80. That's that's disappointing, but that's a whole nother conversation. On on the water, fishing wise, it uh yeah, it's a challenge to uh it's a challenge to, to compete at that level, but I'm uh yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it is kind of a um a shake up. And like, like get, get it together, get out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And we're going back to every fish counts. Uh, and I've had this problem in my career before where I try to force things. I try to like make a statement about how I fish big frog, you know, frogging and flipping. And, yeah. and I know I can go catch that over there, but I want to go catch, I know I can go catch, you know, 12 pounds here, but, I want to try to catch 16 over here. You're going to run up the river on Cherokee and hit a 20 bagger. Yeah. Which, you know, and, and then after you do that, the first thing, the cold front passes through instead of having enough sense to back out, 
and and finesse fish and survive. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm gonna show you how you know. I'm gonna show you how great that pattern was. I'm gonna stick with the crankbait pattern forever and zero. But no, the plan is to uh, just have more common sense. Try not to uh, just have common sense. You know what I mean? Uh, Kyle says you need to throw a Cinco all year for scorable fish. Chris says you need to keep the finesse rods handy. I just can't. I don't see you doing that. That's not the Cajun baby. So here's the real story. Back in 2010, my rookie season on the elites, I probably caught more fish. I, 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 don't, I don't know how many I caught, but I did catch a bunch of fish from the drop shot that year. Because I was hanging with Jeff Freeman. Remember Jeff Freeman from Virginia? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and Big Mike. Big Mike and them. Yep. Uh, so I threw a drop shot a lot. Uh, so I, I can do it. Um, but yeah, it'll be a lot of, um, it won't be a single. It'll be a net bait ion. Be proper. Uh, I got you. But it'll, be a, it'll be a lot of chatter baits. It'll be a lot of singles. It'll be a lot of drop shots. It'll be a, uh, Rattle, quarter ounce rattle traps, basic stuff. Maybe, maybe flipping, uh, you know, maybe instead of flipping a jig or a beaver, maybe it'll be a a, a small pocket cross something. I, I uh, yeah, I got very simple. And even if it's not true finesse, I do plan on dialing back just a little bit. Cliff, I would say if there is ever a year take this for what it's worth but if there was ever a year to have a uh to have a youtube series following you throughout the year uh with everything that you have on the line both home and on the water dude 2024 is the year man i mean you have every element there for one of the greatest survival comeback thriving stories ever and I think you got a lot more people rooting for you than you even realize who have grown up watching, rooting for, and relating to the Cajun baby and the way you fish and the way you go about life and your attitude. Like, I think that, I think there's some meat on that boat. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Working on some stuff right now. <clears throat> Did some work with Bud Sepaletti a few weeks ago. Yeah. Featherweight. Some, some, they put out some good stuff. Um, Trying to get us, trying to get something going, but not uh, not so much like, not so much the fishing side of it. I mean, the fishing side of it's cool, but the the uh, the chaos, the chaos behind the scenes, the the real stuff. You know what I mean? It says it adds too much pressure in your opinion if he fails. Listen, the man has four boys under the age of eight, and lives on the edge of the Atchafalaya Basin. I don't think there is such a thing. And you've got Sarah in the background, too, which, I mean, she's an all-star. I don't think there is such a thing as too much pressure on Cliff. If there was, he wouldn't still be here after 13 years. I know it is. Thank you, Matt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Sarah is... Uh... I mean, is that not a valid point? Like, you, have been, like, you take pressure in stride so well. Well, part of that is ignorance. Part of that is having a, a great wife. But like, <clears throat> and part of it is, uh, you know, I've always been like, just keep going, dude. What? Just keep, just keep going. No matter. Have what. you approached TLC? Just keep going. No, you need to. No, I'm dead serious, dude. You need to shoot a pilot 
You need to turn a camera on for five minutes, send it to TLC. Listen, you've got you got the swamp people accent accent. You've got the 19 kids in county with the four kids under. You got the twin, you've got the every you got every single element that makes a popular TLC show happening right now in your living room. We just shot it two weeks ago. It should be coming out. But check was that? You think I'm joking. No, you think I'm joking. Lee, tell Mr. Matt, who was here the other day hanging out with us? Mr. Bud and who? Mr. Eric? Oh, he's already he's already signed the non-disclosure. <laughs> what a guy. <laughs> hey, and check this out too. And I, you know, I'm not uh I can't I can't quote the Bible, bro. And I'm not like whatever, maybe not the best example. Who knows? I don't know, but it's all good, bro. Yeah. I mean, there's a plan. There's a plan for you. Yeah, I, I think there is. So you just keep, you just keep rolling, and because uh, there, there were points in my career before with requalification and uh, and finances and sponsors or no sponsors and getting, I got jacked a couple times by a sponsor or two. Yeah, but like, should have been done a long time ago. You know what I mean? Like if yeah. if if, if, Dave Ramsey, if Dave Ramsey or or anybody with any sense would look at what you do before you do it, I mean, you never do anything. Yeah, I'm. I mean, right? Yeah, you you, you wouldn't do it. So you got to enjoy it. You got to want to do it. You know, maybe it's irresponsible at times or whatever. But like, you got to be happy, dude. You got to chase the dream. And on the other side of it. You gotta be willing to fight what you want. You gotta be yep. be willing to fight. If 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 the if the fans knew some of the true stories of the shit some of their favorite pros have been through in their personal life to make this happen, they wouldn't believe it. And that's why. I mean, that's like that's why the dudes at the top of the sport because they sacrificed everything. They were willing to sacrifice everything and, and get it done. You know what I mean? Like you look at an NFL quarterback on Sunday. It's not like it's just straight talent. That dude is on the field. Yes. He has a lot of God given talent, but he's also sacrificed and done things in order to get there and stay there. Same thing in fishing. There are very talented people, but, there are people at the top of the game that have done things and made sacrifices and paid the price in ways that other people wouldn't, wouldn't want to. You know what I mean? I do cliff. Uh, listen, I haven't even, uh, this is good to talk. We got to get to some really serious conversations though. And I want to save that to the last segment of the show, which would be uh, the LSU and the OU 2024 sec football schedule. Oh, how about that? So we're going to take our final break of the show. We're going to let you. What's Sarah make? She make you scrambled eggs with cheese? Scrambled eggs and cheese and some jalapenos. All right. We'll take our final break of the show when we come back. We'll, get, right. a little, we'll get a little football talk with the Cajun baby, Cliff Crochet. 
It's BTL. We'll be back right after this. I'm the kind of guy that never leaves a house without a pocket knife, and Gamagatsu's come out with the EDC series of knives. EDC stands for everyday carry, so whether you're on the water or off, you can always have it with you. The best thing about it to me is that assisted open feature. With this D2 blade, you've got it right here at your fingertips, so if you can't find your scissors, you need to cut a knot, you need to cut your braid, you've always got it. Make sure you check it out. Never leave home without your Gamagatsu EDC knife. Born in Japan, using technology, innovation, and precision, Sunline produces the widest selection of fishing lines at the most technologically advanced line factory in the world. Manufactured at the strictest tolerances to produce victories at the highest levels of tournament bass fishing, from household names like Christie, Swindle, and Cruz, to young guns like Cook, Logan, New, and Welcher, they all trust Sunline to take them to the top of the leaderboard. Choose the line that will give you the strength to guarantee your confidence. Sunline. Shoreline Boat and RV, dock rash, storm damage, collision repair, that deep scratch or gouge from trying to access that secret creek. Shoreline Boat and RV can get your prize possession back in mint condition and looking good on the water, fast. All repairs are done in-house, so they're able to get your boat or RV back to brand new, quickly. All Shoreline's work comes with a rock-solid warranty. Find out more at ShorelineBoatAndRV.com, Kansas City, Austin, and Tulsa. Great thing about the new Sensation Soft Plastics from Big Bite Baits, heavily scented, super soft, buoyant, comes in seven great new shapes. I've got a couple of them of my signature series, the Cliffhanger Worm and the Ramtail Craw. Great for a flipping jig, football jig, swim jig, all that. Several other great shapes. Really excited about it. We've worked over the last year. Catches fish all over the country, and I think it's going to catch fish for people everywhere you try it. The Spro Little John crankbait has been around for almost 15 years and it is one of my go-to crankbaits whenever I need a fish in the boat so you can never have enough new colors. That's why Spro is coming out with a handful of new colors including Pearl Shad which has this bleached out white look but it's got this pearlescent really really pretty. We've got Copper Shad which looks amazing in the water. It's got that purple flake on the back really really pops in the water. And then if you want some real pop, we've got Sparkle Shad, nothing but sparkles all over this thing. And then last but not least, we've got the Matte Sexy Shad, just a really different looking color for a crankbait. So you wanna give them a little different look, that Matte Sexy Shad is definitely the one to go with. All these colors are available in the original Little John and the MD. All right, welcome back. Wrapping things up, BTL on a Tuesday with Cliff Crochet. And one of the things that we have uh, had heated discussions about, well, Cliff Crochet likes the LSU Tigers. <laughs> That's Go Tigers with an X, right? That's right. And uh, Boomer Sooner OU grad over here. Well, in 2024, uh, OU joins the SEC and the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight stop of the season happens to be uh OU at the LSU Tigers Tiger Stadium Baton Rouge Louisiana is there any chance we could uh maybe get tickets and go to that game together Cliff I mean I think that could be I mean depending on the schedule depending on how it sets up on when it is I think that could be a memorable experience tickets tickets could be possible but tough because by that point in the season, LSU is going to be ranked 
very high, looking to make a run at the uh, playoffs and the national championship. So tickets could be tough, but a tailgate is possible. You're going to have to get through USC and Alabama before you and Florida to, before you get to OU. Now you got a couple cupcakes. You got Nichols, South Alabama, uh, A&M, depending on how they're playing, and Arkansas. <laughs> Just upset a bunch of uh, college station people there, but hey, don't sleep on Nichols. Now, do I think Nichols could compete with LSU? Ah, who knows? How do you think OU is going to do in the SEC? I mean, you're an SEC guy; you watch it week in and week out. They'll be all right. It's uh, they play quality ball. Um, darling, I do think that an average SEC team. Mm-hmm is elite elsewhere you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so it's like it never it never stops it never stops hey let's go local football for a second all right what'd you just send me i just sent you it looked like local football i just sent you a clip of one of the top rated eight-year-olds in the state going over the middle doing what he has to do to catch it now nah, I'm clowning. That's a that's a video of Ben. Playing. Oh, Ben was catching him over the middle. Yeah, catching balls a couple weeks. What ago. is that called when you catch one over the middle? Because in hockey, like if you go through the neutral zone like that, it's called getting caught in the trolley tracks. Yeah. So Ben likes to run slants. He's like, Dad, throw me a slant. I'm like, All right, cool. But he he ain't figured out yet that the Grim Reaper lives in the middle, and if you mm-hmm. catch it in the wrong in the wrong situation, you know, pain's coming. But he don't know that yet. I'll, I'll try to teach him, and he'll figure it out on his own. But uh, <laughs> so Ben played a bunch of ball, and then uh, local high school teams all did good too. One I'm involved with, Sumption, uh, made it to the third round of the playoffs, lost in double overtime in a third oh. round of the playoff game. Oh, that was that was a uh, fun. You coach? I do. Did you throw a clipboard? No, believe believe it or not, I'm up in the box. Really, with a headset? Yeah, talking to the coordinator, and uh, dude, that's the funnest way to watch a football game ever. Like quiet, unemotional, looking at the scenarios, just thinking like, "Hey, coach, you want a timeout right here?" Or what? You know what you got coming? <clears throat> it's a uh, it's a different it's a different way to watch a game, and it's fun. It's fun like to. As emotional, and you're just from playing sports, as fun mm-hmm. as the emotion is, it's so fun to take the emotion out of it and step back. And you're like, why? You know, when you're watching that game, it's obviously like, why did they throw the ball right there? Why did they run it? But you don't know is the conversations they had during the week about what they saw the other team doing. Like, that's it's cool to be in on that stuff. I like it. Uh Anything else you want to get in here before I let you get back to family time at the crochet household during the holiday season? Let me go. We're just getting started. We're about to go for a marathon. Dude, I got to go crappie fishing. What else do you want to talk about? I can leave. Nothing. What you want to talk about? It's all good, bro. Life is good. I know. I'm excited to go fishing. I'm excited to go fishing. And um... Lee, you caught a frogfish yet? Lee. Have you caught a frogfish yet, or do you have you punched anything out of them mats? You like listen flipping it. cypress? Listen to this. Listen to it. Tell them what's your favorite bait to go fish by the bridge with. 
a jock shot. Oh no, the Cajun <laughs> baby, you're. <laughs> oh my gosh, you're a drop shotter. We need to chat afterwards. Maybe I need to get you on BTL next week. I'm you good for an you good for an hour next Tuesday, Lee? Oh, Lee could talk to you for an hour for sure. What do you like about a drop shot? Because <laughs> it catches fish, doesn't it? Every time you use it, you catch something. Lee's retrieve on a drop shot is a little different than everybody else. Um his is a little quicker than everybody else's, you know what I'm saying? It's more of a real than a twitch yeah. but that's a cool thing about fishing you can do it however you want listen i need to backtrack for a second i wasn't i didn't intentionally take a shot at AM. i'm already getting blown up on the message board about it i was just saying with the coaching with the the coaching change with jimbo out trying to figure out what's coming in new getting things together it's a question mark as to how AM will be in the 2024 season that's all i was simply pointing out great fan base kyle field home of the 12th man incredibly dedicated fans loved watching Johnny Manziel. I know they beat OU in the past. Nothing but love for the, uh, for the Aggies. What I want to know about A&M, how do I sign up for some of that $76 million buyout? You know what I mean? Yeah. Can they hire me for a day? Dude, I'll sign them one day, $1 million contract. They can fire me at noon and give me 500. I'm going to walk out. See, there it is. This Matt forgot. I got the A&M OU. Shots fired against the Aggies. And most of those A&M people have money, too, so you don't want to upset them. No, <laughs> you don't want to make them happy. You want to make, you want to make the college station fans Whatever they want, you know. <sighs> There's Nate. He said, I'm here at Razorback Country. Feel free to throw shade our way. We're sucking. And like that, I mean, like. Like, all right, so Sam Pittman's at Arkansas, right? Yep. And he's an old line coach. He likes to drink some cold pops, you know. I get it. Um, I mean, you'd almost like to see him as a head coach in 2000. Yeah. Like, if you could take him today, put him back in 2000, no NIL, no transfer, just straight up ball. No. I don't know. Kind of feel, uh, kind of feel like Sam Pittman. I kind of feel like Sam Pittman because maybe if you, this would get him going. If you if you put like nil to like, uh, Sarah, no matter how fast you move, they still saw you. <laughs> like if you compare nil to forward facing sonar, that's kind of how I like Sam Pittman the nil and Cliff Crochet to forward facing sonar like. I kind of know how he feels, you know what I mean? Yeah. Lee, a uh, Lee, like a four and a half inch drop shot worm or a six inch guy? Is he nose hooking or Texas rigging? Texas rigging, old school, um, old school shank, one art straight shank, uh, six inch straight tail. It's a man after my own heart. Eighth ounce weight. Oh, eighth ounce. He always go heavy. Well, I mean, we throwing it in the mud. You know what I mean? Yeah, I hear you. You, you All right, Cliff. Throwing, uh, you throwing it, you know, probably eight foot or more or, or six foot or more. Yeah, six foot or more is probably safe. Yeah, I'm throwing it in four foot or less. Yeah, you drop shot those Cypress. That's pretty efficient, isn't it? 
Yeah. yeah so. That's a little under underutilized technique is a little short shot on the Cypress knees during the spawn. And you, you know what else is crazy about that drop shot is like it's always been <clears throat> viewed as like spinning rods and 10-pound line and that kind of stuff. Dude, we talk even even going old school with Aaron Martins. Mm -hmm. Aaron flipped a uh, what's called a power shot or bubble shot or whatever. Aaron did that a whole lot more than people know. Jared Littner does it now, throwing it on bait cast. Didn't he almost win a BPT event down in Louisiana doing that earlier last year? Uh, Jared did. Jared. Uh, yeah, Littner. Jared, I forget that. We started on Darbone and he had like 62 pounds. And I think second place at like yeah. 41 or something. I had one open where I got into that where I was. I was flipping a, a power shot with about a four inch leader on it. And I was using a half ounce drop shot weight and a, and a, the zoom fat worm, like the fat worm. And I put a three aught flipping hook on it and I was flipping it up there and it would just go, don't swim off. And I caught, so it was so much fun. Yeah. I'll be doing a little bit more of that. There's definitely a, a lot of ways to skin a cat when it comes to fishing. Hopefully you do a lot of cat skinning in 24. Cage your yeah. baby. <laughs> hey, real quick, I know you got to get on the show, but that's one cool thing about fishing. Yeah. You know, who says you got who says you got a twitch, twitch, twitch? I mean, you you can you can twitch stop, twitch stop. You know what I'm saying? Who says you got a real chatterbait in the streets? Yep. You know, who who says you got a you know jig and worm? Well, you look at especially you take someone who hasn't been culturalized to America's style of fishing and you look at what the Japanese anglers who are coming over are doing and they're doing stuff that seems absolutely bizarre to us that we would never even consider doing on their length of their cast, what they're doing with their weights, the shape of their lures. And it really, to me, it was like eye opening to say, all right, we're told this is the right way to do it. And this is the only way to do it. And then you got, uh, 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 Koyu, Vegeta, and, and Taka, and all these guys, and you're like, well, no, that, that doesn't work. That doesn't look like anything. That's not anything. And they're saying, yeah, well, we'll just come over here and kick your butt doing this stuff that you've never even thought of. Or, and it just kind of, if you really want to look at it, it blows everything out of the water that we've been taught from day one as to what a bass is, what it responds to, and how it bites, and why it bites. Yeah, it, uh, on a very simple level, it's almost like we, talk, we started talking about frog fishing. Really yeah. strong. You, you gotta have grass to throw a frog. Was the common belief at one point. Yeah, and then Rojas was like, "Watch this." Watch it, <laughs> and now it's probably the most used topwater bait ever. Yeah. All right, Cliff. I'm headed to the lake. I'm gonna drop on some giant crappie. Lee, thanks for jumping on BTL. I greatly appreciate it. it was a good, good drop shot discussion. Where can we watch out for you? You still doing your hook set Mondays and posts and all that? Like if we want to keep up with the cage of baby, where do, where do we need to go? Uh, Facebook, Instagram, uh, TikTok. Oh, you're on TikTok. You do the TikTok. I, am on TikTok. I don't, my, my TikTok stuff is not that cool. I don't do, uh, I don't use all the tools that they give you, but uh, it's all cliff crochet. Monday morning hook sets. Uh, I love that. I love the Monday morning hook sets because you can always hear that thing. It always goes. Uh, where was it yesterday? Which one was yesterday? Oh, that was at uh, – so yesterday morning was at Cayuga with a sight fish. 
that I only caught once in practice. I didn't catch him in the tournament. But uh, Monday morning hook set, uh, that's on social media. And then uh, I post a lot on social media, trying to uh, – yep. some of it is uh, half tools for work, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I hear you. Friend stuff. And then I try to put some personal stuff on there too. Try to educate a little bit, try to entertain. But Cliff Crochet across all social media platforms. I like it. I was uh, I was trying to explain to Courtney last night what a hook set was because I was talking. She goes, "What is a hook set?" And I pulled up a Cliff Crochet video and I said, "This is a hook set." <laughs> hey, if nothing else, when my time is done and I'm gone, I hope somebody somewhere BTL, uh, somebody somewhere acknowledges. I would be so lucky if somebody acknowledges the fact that I had a decent hook set. That right there, when I'm dead and gone, God, I, some people be, dream about the Hall of Fame, which I'll never be in, and I'm not good enough. But when hook sets come up in a conversation somewhere, if I'm lucky enough for mine, to, my name to come up in great hook sets, it's all I, I think you're there, Cliff. I don't know. They no, got- you t- you talk power hook sets. You're there. You want to talk technical hook sets? Todd Faircloth. You want to talk pretty long flowing hook sets? Todd Faircloth. You want to talk straight power hook sets? Uh, I mean, you're talking Andy Morgan, Cliff Crochet, uh, some of those attack. hack attacks. Some uh, Jason Christie. You want to you want to talk uh, efficient hook sets? I'm going Jason Christie. Watch him set a hook; it's unbelievable. But you want to talk just straight raw power? I think you're in the top ten right now as we speak. I need to handle my business is trying to move up more and more. Mm-hmm. And here and here's a, another good hook set conversation. You go from uh, 35 year old Tommy Biffle or Denny or Denny when they were younger to current ding. That's just mobility. That's a mobility issue. Yeah, but it shows the amount of overkill and it and and craziness that somebody like me uses. Like it ain't got it ain't got to be all that. It is done. You swear to God, I'm like trying to. I'm still power cleaning in Morgan City playing football in high I know, but it looks so good and it sounds good when you hear that line sing, especially when you hear that just that break the sound barrier where it just goes. I love it. All right, Cliff, have a good morning. Thanks for having me. Y'all have a good one. See ya. All right, that is the one and only, and I'm very confident in saying one and only, Cliff Crochet, the Cajun baby. All right, I'm headed to the lake. I'm going crappie fishing. I think Austin Cranford's sitting in my living room waiting on me. He's probably looking at the 14-foot crappie rods going, what in the heck are these? But that's all we got. Same place, same time tomorrow. See ya.